Welcome, listeners, to the next episode of They Didn't Teach That at School. My name is Mark Kerrigan, and the theory behind this podcast is to uncover some of the amazing, fascinating, and quirky things that have occurred throughout history that they didn't teach you at school. Our first 10 podcasts are going to focus on the Bible, and we're going to discover some incredible things that you probably didn't know. In our first podcast, we looked at ancient cosmologies. For our second podcast, we are delving into a fascinating chapter in ancient history, the Jewish-Babylonian Wars. These conflicts, fought between the Kingdom of Judah and the mighty Babylonian Empire, are mentioned often in the Hebrew Scriptures, which are better known as the Old Testament, and they not only shaped the destiny of the ancient, these ancient people, but they also laid the foundation for many historical events that followed. In the 6th century BC, the Babylonian Empire, under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar II, sought to expand its dominion. The Kingdom of Judah, located in the southern Levant, experienced a series of tumultuous events that have ultimately led to their downfall. The kingdom had become politically unstable, rife with corruption and divided. At the same time, the powerful neighbouring empire of Babylon was seeking to expand its territory. In 586 BC, after a lengthy siege, King Nebuchadnezzar II's forces conquered Jerusalem and destroyed the magnificent First Temple. This event, known as the Babylonian Captivity or the Exile, marked a significant turning point for the Jewish people. Thousands of Jews were forcibly taken from their homeland and resettled in Babylon. The Babylonians aimed to break the spirit of the Jewish population, diminish their cultural identity and ensure their loyalty to the empire. What followed was a series of engagements between the Jewish people and the Babylonian Empire over the course of several decades. The primary objective for the Jewish people was to regain their freedom, return to their homeland and rebuild their sacred temple in Jerusalem. One notable rebellion against Babylonian rule was led by Jehoiakim, the former king of Judea, who had been taken captive in Babylon. In 597 BC, Jehoiakim and other exiles rose against their captors in what became known as the First Jewish Rebellion. While initially successful, their uprising was ultimately quashed by the Babylonians. The Babylonians had employed a strategy commonly practised in ancient times, known as population transfer or deportations. As they expanded their empire, they relocated conquered populations, including the Jews, to other regions within their domain. To fully understand why this tactic was employed, we must consider the unique challenges faced by ancient civilizations when waging war. Firstly, one significant factor was the lack of developed road networks and the difficulty of administering large territories. The vast empires of antiquity often struggled to control distant regions and ensure the loyalty of captured territories. Secondly, this tactic was employed by empires and states to maintain control over conquered territories through suppression of rebellions and reshaping ethnic or religious demographics. When used against the Jewish people, it was intended to weaken their cultural identity and ensure their loyalty to the empire. However, it may have had some unintended consequences. We'll find out more about that later. Thirdly, in ancient times, cities were emerging as centres of civilization, commerce and governance. However, these urban hubs were not without their challenges. With concentrated populations living in close proximity, cities became breeding grounds for diseases. Sanitation was primitive and epidemics could spread quickly, causing significant loss of life. 
populations needed to be replenished. So let's look at each of these reasons in greater detail. The Romans were really the first civilization to address this properly. From around 300 BC, the Romans became master builders and they recognized the immense value of efficient transportation networks. The construction of roads played a vital role in connecting and controlling their vast empires. While roads had numerous benefits, their direct correlation to military operations cannot be overstated. Roman roads had several military advantages. Firstly, they allowed for rapid movement of troops, supplies and messengers. Well-constructed roads enabled legions to march swiftly across the empire, facilitating quicker deployment and reinforcement of troops in times of conflict. This enhanced the Romans' ability to respond to threats efficiently. Roman roads enhanced the logistical support for their armies. The efficient transportation of supplies, such as food, weapons and equipment, was vital for sustaining military campaigns. These roads also facilitated the establishment of fortified supply depots which acted as strategic bases along key routes. This ensured a steady flow of resources to the front lines. And Roman roads had significant defence benefits. The roads acted as strategic arteries connecting fortifications, watchtowers and frontier defences. The empire's borders were often guarded by a series of forts and these roads provided quick access for reinforcement during enemy incursions. They enabled the Romans to maintain a strong military presence and respond swiftly to any threats. The Romans used their well-connected road network to conquer and control vast territories. The roads facilitated the movement of troops during military campaigns, enabled the Romans to rapidly reach and subdue distant regions. This effective transportation system played a pivotal role in the expansion of the Roman Empire, allowing for swift conquest and efficient administration. Before the Romans, however, things were very different. One notable example is the invasion of ancient Greece by the Persian Empire in the 5th century BCE. The Persian king Xerxes launched a massive military campaign to conquer Greece. However, the mountainous terrain and lack of well-established roads proved to be a significant hindrance for the Persian forces. Greece's mountainous landscape presented numerous natural obstacles. The Persian army, which consisted of hundreds of thousands of soldiers, had to navigate narrow mountain passes like the infamous Thermopylae. These passes offered excellent defence positions for the Greek defenders who could hold off much larger forces due to the bottleneck effect. The Spartan-led Greek forces used their intimate knowledge of the terrain to gain their advantage. They had intricate knowledge of the local pathways and hidden routes, which allowed them to outmanoeuvre and delay the advancing Persian forces. This delay proved critical in buying time for other Greek city-states to organise their defences. Another example is the Jewish-Babylonian War. The Jewish-Babylonian Wars, which took place from 601 to 586 BC, were a series of conflicts between the Kingdom of Judah and the mighty Babylonian Empire. During this era, Babylon was a magnificent city, its power and influence reaching far and wide. However, when it came to the development of roads and transportation, the Babylonians lagged behind other advanced civilizations at the time, such as the Persians or the Assyrians. Their road network was limited, poorly maintained, and generally insufficient to support large-scale military operations. Without well-constructed roads, the Babylonian military faced numerous challenges. 
One of the most significant hindrances was the difficulty in mobilising troops swiftly and efficiently across vast distances. When Babylonian forces needed to launch expeditions to subdue rebellious territories, the lack of proper roads made it incredibly challenging to transport soldiers, weapons and supplies. Imagine trying to manoeuvre a large army through muddy, unpaved terrain or dense forests. Its significance slowed their progress and weakened their overall military strength. In contrast, the Kingdom of Judah had better developed road networks due to their location and historical interaction with other civilizations. The Jews could mobilise their forces more efficiently, allowing for rapid responses to the Babylonian offences. This strategic advantage played a crucial role in their ability to resist the Babylons for an extended period of time. Supplying an army in the field is vital for maintaining morale and ensuring their effectiveness. Without well-structured roads, the Babylonians struggled to transport food, water and other essential supplies to their soldiers. This logistical nightmare not only weakened their troops physically, but also eroded their morale and fighting spirit, forcing the Babylonian rulers to consider other tactics, such as population transfer, to control their rebellious neighbours. Moving on to the next point. Population transfer allowed rulers to consolidate power and establish control over conquered territories in a more practical manner. By relocating groups of people from one area to another, ancient civilizations aimed to achieve several objectives. The first is political stability. The population transfer during the Jewish-Babylonian War was employed as a means to maintain political stability. The Babylonian Empire, under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar II, sought to weaken the rebellious Jewish population by displacing them from their homeland. By transferring the Jewish people to different regions within the empire, the Babylonians aimed to disrupt their unity and prevent any organised resistance against their rule. Another objective of population transfer was to promote cultural assimilation. By relocating the Jewish population to different regions, the Babylonians hoped to dilute their distinct cultural and religious identity. This was particularly important for the Babylonian Empire, which aimed to integrate various conquered people into a cohesive imperial structure. The Babylonian Empire also sought to exploit the economic potential of the Jewish population through population transfers. The Babylonians relocated skilled Jewish craftsmen, artisans and intellectuals to Babylon and other major cities within the empire. This allowed them to utilise the talents and expertise of the Jewish population for the economic development of the empire. Population transfers served as a strategic measure to exert control over conquered territories. By removing a significant portion of the Jewish population from their homeland, the Babylonians aimed to weaken any potential future revolts or uprising. This transfer helped the Babylonian Empire establish a stronger grip on the region and maintain its dominance. And lastly, population transfer in the Jewish-Babylonian War had symbolic significance. It served as a demonstration of power and a clear message to other subject people that resistance against the Babylonians would result in severe consequences. By forcibly displacing and scattering the Jewish population, the Babylonians showcased their ability to subjugate and control rebellious regions, deterring any future uprisings. It was a multifaceted strategy that allowed ancient civilizations to address various challenges they faced in administering large areas and maintaining control over diverse populations. Captured cities were viewed as valuable assets, as population transfer not only served as a means of control, 
but also as a way to develop and exploit valuable resources in conquered territories and repopulate urban areas affected by disease. And that brings us to our third point, sanitation. Ancient civilizations faced numerous challenges when it came to sanitation and disease control. The absence of advanced medical knowledge and the understanding of germs, combined with overcrowding, improper waste management and limited access to clean water, created a breeding ground for diseases. Babylon, however, was one of the most advanced cities of its time. It had a well-developed system of sanitation and water management. The city had extensive network of canals and aqueducts that supplied clean water to residents. Babylon also had an elaborate network of underground sewers built with clay pipes and stone slabs. These sewers efficiently carried away waste from homes, markets and buildings. The city's public baths, known as ziggurat baths, were designed as communal bathing places. They provided both hygienic and social gathering spaces for the Babylonians. The ziggurat baths had separate areas for hot and cold baths, steam rooms and even massage areas. However, despite these measures, disease was still prevalent. The Babylonians faced challenges relating to the disposal of waste outside of the city walls, which often attracted vermin and created unsanitary condition. Diseases like dysentery, cholera and various parasitic infections were common. It is important to remember that their understanding of disease transmission was limited and their efforts were based on observation and practicalities. The Babylonians also had a strong belief in the supernatural and believed that diseases were caused by evil spirits or divine punishment. They relied on magic rituals, incantations and offerings to appease the gods and to ward off illnesses. These beliefs were deeply ingrained in their culture and influenced their approach to disease prevention. To maintain stability and productivity, the need for population replenishment was vital. The deported Jewish population from Jerusalem and other conquered cities became a valuable resource for the Babylonians, providing skilled labour and contributing to the growth and development of their city. Furthermore, as mentioned in the opening statement of this podcast, this population transfer had far-reaching consequences for the Jews themselves. In Babylon, the exiled Jews established a vibrant community, adapting to their new environment while preserving their religious and cultural practices. It was during this period that the Babylonian Talmud, the compilation of Jewish laws, ethics and traditions, began to take shape. The exile thus became a transformative experience that shaped Jewish identity and laid the groundwork for their future religious and cultural development. As time went on, the Jewish-Babylonian wars and the subsequent exile laid the foundation for another significant event in Jewish history, the return to their homeland. In 539 BC, the Babylonian Empire fell to the Persian Empire, led by King Cyrus the Great. Cyrus issued a decree allowing the Jewish exiles to return to their homeland and rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. This event, known as the Edict of Cyrus, marked the end of the Babylonian exile and the beginning of a new chapter for the Jewish people. The return of the exiles was an occasion of joy and celebration. However, not all was harmonious. Upon their return, the returning Jews found their homeland transformed. During the exile, a new population had settled in the region, people referred to as the Samaritans. These Samaritans were a blend of various ethnic and religious groups who had intermingled during the exile period. Consequently, tensions and divisions arose between the Jews and the Samaritans. The discord between the Jews and Samaritans escalated as the returning Jews sought to reclaim their land and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. The Samaritans, 
feeling threatened by the returning Jews, sought to hinder their efforts and assert their own authority in the region. The struggle for control over Jerusalem and the religious authority therein gave birth to the war between the Jews and the Samaritans. It was a battle fought not only with weapons, but also with political manoeuvring and religious claims. Both sides sought to establish their legitimacy and dominance, leading to a bitter and protracted conflict. As the war raged on, the Jewish forces were ultimately successful in reclaiming Jerusalem and rebuilding their temple. However, the Samaritans, unable to withstand the Jewish military might, were forced into displacement. Many Samaritans were uprooted from their ancestral lands and communities and relocated to Samaria, a region just north of Jerusalem. This forced population transfer further exacerbated the animosity between the Jews and Samaritans, laying the foundation for the Jewish-Samaritan feud that will persist for centuries to come and be mentioned in the Bible through the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritans, resentful of their displacement, developed a separate religious and cultural identity from the Jews, further solidifying the division between the two groups. It is important to note that the Jewish-Samaritan feud was not solely based on religious differences, but also deeply rooted in territorial dispute and power struggles. Both groups vied for control over the land and its resources, resulting in ongoing conflicts and tensions throughout the century. Despite the enmity, it is worth acknowledging that the Samaritans preserved their distinct identity and religious traditions, which have endured to this day. Their community continues to exist, abated in much smaller numbers, as a living testament to the complex historical narrative of the region. That brings us to the end of today's episode of They Didn't Teach That at School. Once again, thank you for listening to my ramble through the tactics of ancient warfare. Don't forget to tune into my next podcast, where we look at magic and witchcraft in the Roman Empire and its response to the burgeoning Christian religion. I hope you've enjoyed this dive into ancient history and the quirky details that make it so intriguing. Stay curious, keep exploring, and remember, there's always more to learn. I'm Mark Kerrigan. See you next time on They Didn't Teach That at School.